All right, I'm going to turn to, uh, ask you to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. This morning's message, we talked about suffering and how suffering is so misunderstood. And I think one of the reasons why I misunderstand suffering or have uh, in the past is because I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to uh, allow for it. I didn't want to just go down that path. Um, and uh, uh, the other thing is we live in a society and a mentality that, you know, Job said to his wife, are we to accept what is good from the Lord and not accept the evil? And we, we live in that culture, our, our um understanding of God's word is twisted that way that we only want to receive good. We have so many um, um, people who preach from God's word and only want to preach uh, happy thoughts, good thoughts. Now, there's plenty of good thoughts and there's plenty of good and blessings that come to God's people. But that's not the whole of God's word. If we were to tell a person, when you trust Christ, only good things are going to happen to you, and you're going to live happily ever after, that simply would not be true. And I think people think, well, you know, I don't want to hear that sad thought of, when I trust God, I might have difficult times. What good is it to hear that? What what? What, how does that help me to think that if I trust God, I'm going to have a, a difficult chance or a cha uh, challenge in my life? Let me tell you why you need to hear that. It's because it's true, and when, it, when you see it happen, you won't be discouraged. In fact, you'll be encouraged that God's word is true. Let me give you an example. Um, you know, we have gone through a study. I know I've gone through a, a preaching series in Ecclesiastes. And I mentioned this morning that kind of the synopsis of Ecclesiastes is life is just not fair. It's just not. Bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. And doesn't always balance out in this life. That's what Ecclesiastes speaks about. But it, what it says is, in spite of that, know that that's the world that we live in. Ecclesiastes basically says this. We live in a sin-cursed world, so expect things to be messed up. It talks about bureaucracy. You got, you got the heads of government and one official over another official over another official. And when you have all those layers, guess what you can expect? Foolish decisions. And, and, and a mess to go on. You're like, we can't even do things that's a common sense because we live in that sin-cursed world. So Ecclesiastes is like telling us what it is and what's true so that we won't be shocked and surprised when we see these things happen. In fact, we'll turn to God and say, you warned me about that. You know, I don't say mother told me it'd be days like this, right? <laughs> you warned me about that. And I'm equipped to deal with an imperfect, sinful world. If your mother ever tells you, hey, you're going to grow up and people are going to hate you for no reason at all. The Bible tells us that. They're going to hate you for no reason. 
That's how they treated Jesus. So when it happens, it's not like we, we want it to happen and bring it on and, you know, do all you can to me. No, but, but when it happens, we see it for what it is and we see the truth of God's word. So here in 1 Peter chapter 4, look at verse 12, and it says this. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. <laughs> but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Let me put that balance back to, to, to what, the, what I'm saying and what the word of God says. Don't be shocked when you're mistreated for being godly or when things happen to you in life that aren't fair, don't be shocked at that. And in fact, it says, don't, don't think it something strange. And it says, when it comes upon you to test you. In other words, God often uses these kind of situations in life to test us. What is he doing? Well, what is he doing in those tests? I'll let you answer me back now. Why do those tests come in our lives? So he has a purpose in what he's doing, and he's building our character. It's one of the things that he's doing. Anybody else? Testing our faith. Doesn't he know? <laughs> he wants us to know. <laughs> All right. And a testimony of it. Part of our test um, is not just so that we know, but, um, you know, when you sift something, you purify it. You deepen it. You make it better, richer, stronger. And, and that's what he's doing. He's building that character in us and allowing us to be testimonies to others and, 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 and using our testimony. As I mentioned, Job is a blessing to me because I don't have to experience all the things that Job experienced, but yet I can, I can gain wisdom from them and I can see them and I can marvel at how he met the challenge. And so there may be other challenges in my life like that. I'm encouraged to be like Job in. Same, same thing for you. So let me, let me finish this. <clears throat> Verse 13, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Now there he talks about the glory and, and encouraging us that the sufferings that I'm talking about is not the only part of, of our life even here on earth. There's a glory involved. We know the, 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 the major glory is when we are with God and these sufferings and the, the, the wickedness of, of sin and, and this life we, we're no longer dealing with until so we share in his glory. But we also know that he gives us um, a, a strength and grace to, to, to meet our need right where we are. And part of that testing is so that we'll find his strength and we'll rely on his strength. Um, if, if I was just in smooth sailing all the time, um, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, um, I wouldn't be challenged to trust God fully 
I'll just be like, hey, this is easy. I'm just coasting along. But then I get a few wind, a little wind. I get a little, a little challenge, uh, uh, stormy weather, so to speak. And I have to hang on to God. I have to grasp onto him. I have to uh, uh, rest in him and, and, and trust in him. And so uh, it brings him glory that way. <clears throat> Verse 14, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. You see that? He says, when these challenges happen, God's going to give you something. He's going to give you his spirit to carry you through this. You may wonder, how did I get through that? God gave you the strength to do that. Now, as I mentioned this morning, sometimes we don't want that strength. We say, God, I'd rather just not go through it. I don't need that strength. Just, just, just take me out. Let it all be over. Let it be done with. And God's saying, that's the attitude I'm working on. <laughs> I don't want you to have that defeated attitude. He says, my children are not defeated. My children aren't losers. My children uh, uh, um, are victorious in life as my son was victorious. And I want you to have that victorious spirit as well. So I just wanted to, uh, to, 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 to get to that. I might as well read another verse. But let none of you, verse 15, suffer as a murderer or thief or evildoer or as a meddler. Now his point there is our suffering shouldn't be because of our own wrongdoing. And that's not the type of suffering that, that, uh, um, that, that uh, we are to... Um, uh, to endure. It's weird to, um, the suffering that he's talking about is that which comes to us because we have a character like Christ. All right. Um, a couple of the things that I wanted to look at. Let me just take a look at one more thing. Um, Heidi's not here. I was going to have her comment a little bit in James. So let's turn to James. James 1, verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So it talks about um, steadfastness. Um, turn to chapter 5 of James, verse 11. And there it says, Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. There's that word again, right? Steadfast. What does steadfast mean? Okay, in what way? Unmovable, not easily moved, okay, in what way? Mm, okay. All right, to continue on. All right, somebody else, what else? Patience, what do you mean patience? Enduring, all right, okay. Continuing on, enduring, we have the sense of meeting some resistance, don't we? Uh, something is trying to stop us, trying to move us or push us off a mark, but we won't let it happen. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so not wavering back and forth, but standing strong, standing firm. Um, what, well, how does that look like in our lives? Because we're using metaphors for living, standing strong, not wavering, not moving. What, what does that look like in our living? Anybody? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's the battle, but you're winning that battle, right? So uh, having victory over uh, the challenges that come to you in, in an area of trust. It may be uh, uh, worry. You may be up at night um, worrying and tempted to worry, and, and, and uh, you just said, I'm not going to uh, stay in this worry mode. I'm going to trust God, and, uh, um, and, and you push through that. Okay, what else? Anybody else? So the opposite of standing for, oh, go ahead, Andy. Let me read a little bit here. We'll have some more comments. I'm in James chapter 5, verse 11. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. So it speaks there, and I chose that for that reason, because it talks about Job's steadfastness. One of the comments I made this morning is, I quit. I give up. I didn't sign up for this. That's the opposite of steadfast. Mm-hmm. You see that, don't we? All right, so we're talking about steadfastness. Aaron, did I see your hand? Aren't you glad, I know I'm glad, that we get to see kind of the inner workings of Job's mind while he is steadfast. Because we relate to those inner workings that want to give up. Like, Lord, just take me out of this. Let, let's end this. Um, that's how he feels, but he doesn't act on that. We even talked about, um, Lord, why are you continuing to give me life? Why don't you just take my life from me? But he doesn't act on that. He doesn't say, you know what? I'm going to jump off this cliff. I'm going to drink some poison. I'm going to do this or do that. He doesn't do that. So we see this inner um, challenge and struggle that he's having during this time. But we don't see him giving in and, and giving up. We see him enduring and working through. And as you talked about, um, what, what Andy was saying is waiting on the Lord. And so, you know, we can be waiting on the Lord. I like the song that was played during our offering. Be still and know that he is God. Uh, you're just waiting on the Lord. And there's a lot of inner struggles that's going on while you're doing that. That's okay, as long as they don't take victory. 
And we get to see Job has those inner struggles too, and we can relate to that. That's not to encourage us to give up. That's to encourage us that, hey, those same inner struggles that you're dealing with, everybody else has them. You need to be victorious in those. God wants you to be victorious in that. He doesn't want you having a mindset of giving up or giving in. And Job struggled and was victorious over that. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. I think at the end of Job, he, he, he tells Job to pray for his friends, <laughs> to be a help to them. They're going to need it sometime, aren't they? <laughs> they are. That's a very good point. Um, we often wonder, you know, I'm not strong enough for this, and I don't want to go through this. You won't know the strength and the resource God gives you until you go through it. And when you go through trusting in him, he does give resource. You won't experience it unless you decide to trust in him and, and check him out and, and, and see if he is not, in fact, true. So praise God for that. Any other comments? Yes. mindset that God builds in his people is that mindset of steadfastness. That mindset of, of not wavering, not being pushed around by the trials of life but trusting him in it and through it. Um, Jesus is, is our perfect example. I often wonder why does the Bible tell us what Jesus said on the cross? Eli, Eli, Lama Sabatani, when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God wanted us to have a window into the inner thinking of Jesus in the height of his struggle so that we could relate to it. Just like what we heard from Job this morning. Lord, why, why do you put your focus on me why don't you just turn your face and let me die? And Jesus says, God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God wanted us to see that there is an inner turmoil and struggle that goes on when we feel in our troubles, in our struggles, to be abandoned by God. But unless we push through that, we won't see the victory on the other end. So it's, it's unique that God gave us that window. He let us see that. And then we read in Hebrews, we, we read in all the scripture, how Jesus is a captain of our souls, that he conquered death, that he won the victory for us. And now he's glorified by God the Father. God has, has put him on his right hand, and he's lifted up and, and magnified there. So we too will go through those kind of struggles and, and, and we may feel abandoned by God and we may question why we're going through what we're going through. But the key is, and, and, and this is we see in Job, God doesn't give us all the answers, does he? You don't hear a voice come down from heaven and say, Job, sit down, I want to talk to you and explain everything to you. He doesn't. What he does is he expects us to trust him for the things that we don't understand and to endure. So uh, one of the, the traits that's given in Revelation of the believers is 
we are those who endure. We are those who push through. And so, um, what's your role in that? You have some things that you have struggled and have discouraged you, but you're here now. Will you take that and encourage somebody else with that? Will you, will you let them know? Sometimes people need to get to know you and realize, hey, you, you're struggling with this right now, or, or you, I think about my wife, you know, who, who had the diagnosis of cancer, and, and she's pushing through, and what an encouragement that, that is to me. I, I said to her the other day, I am so proud of you. <laughs> I'm so proud of how you live out that example, and I see her every day, and, and I know she must be going through some ups and downs, but uh, her, her trust in the Lord. I remember being uh, in a hospital when we first heard that news, and and uh, me and Jeremy was there, and me, me and Jeremy, we, it was like, oh, my goodness. We were just torn apart. And she was laying on the bed looking at us like, what's wrong with y'all? What is wrong with y'all? I'm, I'm going to go through this, and, and I'm trusting the Lord. And, and when she said that, it's just like a weight lifted off of me to say, what an encouragement to see somebody in the middle of the storm and be given God's strength. And I said, that's what I've been praying for. Lord, give her the grace that she needs to go through this. And now that I saw that he gave her that, I was like, yes. <laughs> we can go through, can't we? We can go through now. We, we, can, we can face this. And so um, we can be an encouragement and a testimony to others, and we need to open up our lives so that they can see that we have faced some struggles and we have seen God um, take us through those. And he's not even past tense. He is right now taking us through so we can encourage each other. Um, Satan does, you know, uh, Satan, Satan is wicked. Satan is wicked. Look what he did to Job. After he did that, he's like <coughs> nudging his wife, tell him to give up, tell him to give up, right? And that's what she said, Job, just give up and you can die and end it all. So that's Satan nudging. Um, and so we know his tricks and, and how do we combat that is in the fellowship of believers. Um, there are some things that you have to face and, and, and you'll have to face them. Um, you may feel alone, but you don't have to face them alone. You need to know that God's people, um, God has put his people around you to keep you encouraged and to challenge you. Sometimes the challenge may not feel good, but it's a challenge that you need to keep you along that path. Sister Bonnie and, and then Aaron. I will give Aaron just a moment. Um, you mentioned, you know, Job didn't have what we have, and that's true. He didn't have all that we have, but he had God's word. And you can see it coming through in so many things that he said. When he says, I know that my Redeemer lives, where does he get that from? Well, he gets that from, from God's word. He, so he's trusting. We can see uh, what's being reflected. We even saw some of the thoughts of, of Eliphaz um, that are later on in Scripture about um, um, 
the discipline of God, uh, the discipline by God of his own and how we ought not to fight against that. So he didn't have as much as we have, um, but the little that he had was so powerful in his life. In fact, one of the things we see on Jesus on the cross, he's quoting scripture. He's quoting from the Psalms that he is fulfilling. And so God's word was powerful in his life and it should be in our lives because it would help strengthen it and build us up and correct our thinking when, when we kind of get off of track. Brother Aaron? Mm-hmm. Okay, I think one of the places that, that's most based off, we turn to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 in the life of uh, Paul. So, it's a, it's, a, it's a factual statement, but you do well to say, okay, is that, is, what is that based on biblically? So here it is in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. <clears throat> I won't read the whole thing. Um, verse 7. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So it's that statement. Then he makes his comment. Yeah. Let me finish this. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So that's, that's um, one portion where we see him living it out. And Brian just mentioned um, um, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 is another uh, passage that gets even more specific. No temptation that's overtaking you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but, will, but with the temptation, he also provide the way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So there he's saying the trials, the temptations that you face, God does provide the, the, the strength, the resource to, to combat it and to fight it. So, um, yeah, now, sometimes um, we hear songs or things that are stated based on Scripture and not given the scriptural basis for it, and we can question and, and go back. So I think it's a good question to ask, is that what Scripture says, and are we applying it in the right way? So I think those two help us kind of see that. Any other comments or questions? Tonight, I didn't take the questions from, from our list of questions. I have one ready, but I didn't take it. I wanted to disengage uh, in, the, in the thought from this morning. Uh, Chantel? That's a good point. In, in the sports world, we talk about it in this way. It's not just winning the championship that you, that you uh, magnify and, and um, uh, celebrate, but it's your getting up in the morning for your daily workout on the off season that prepares you for that championship. And uh, it's those types of steps that are critical and important. And if you didn't do that, you'd never have the, the championship to celebrate. Um, and then we look at, we should look at championships a little differently. We should look at those height experiences a little different. I remember, but so often I would say to myself, I have nothing, 
I have no real testimony because I haven't gone through this like so-and-so or haven't been here like so-and-so. But you have daily challenges in your life that you have to be faithful. So we're looking for faithfulness and enduring. Job is just one that God picked out for the big test. Um, but all of us have those little daily tests. Are you going to trust God in this? Um, are you going to be faithful to the Lord? Are you going to serve faithfully? That's why I'm, I'm so glad when we have Brian had for our Sunday school and Nick was this morning the one who gave a testimony. I love hearing that. We sometimes we want to, you know, look at the Hebrews uh, 11 and, and see the so-called heroes of faith. But we got people all around us right now who are, are commendable in their faithfulness and praise God for that. Those are testimonies. That is enduring. That is faithfulness. And want to encourage each other uh, in our walk in, in that way. Keep that up. Keep, uh, keep on keeping on. And, and uh, uh, let's, let's continue to see that. I was encouraged when I, when I, when I heard uh, Jonathan talk about it. I know Jonathan and Keisha have made steps in, uh, to, to, to be involved or do different things this year, being on the cleaning list and doing stuff like that. It's like, man, uh, that's encouraging. That, that, that is something that um, it encourages my heart. So if, if it does nothing else, um, if God said if you give a, cold, a, a cup of cold water to one of his servants, you, you've done something good. So that was my cup of cold water, brother. I, pray, I praise the Lord for that. And, and uh, it's an encouragement. That's why we come together to interact with each other because we need that uh, mutual encouraging um, that we get from each other. All right, so praise God. I want you to, uh, to, to, to put that into, uh, into your life this week. Um, be faithful in serving the Lord in those small things, perhaps the things that nobody else sees or will, you think they will notice. But God sees, God notices, God rewards and he wants you to be faithful in all of those. All right, let's, um, let's close in a word of prayer. Thank you, Father, for your word that gives us these examples to encourage our heart. You don't want us to give up. You don't want us to live a defeated type of life. Um, and so you have placed us so that we can be an encouragement to others and we can be encouraged by others. So help us to strengthen that bond with each other and with you so that we accomplish uh, your purpose to, to endure, to be steadfast, and to help others with that purpose as well. In Jesus' name we pray.